The reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Genesis, chapter number 19. Chapter number 19. And we'll begin reading with verse number 17 this morning. Genesis, chapter 19. Begin reading with verse number 17 here in just a moment. Good to have one of our own missionaries with us today, Kathy Moore. Glad to see Kathy here today. God bless you. Her and her husband are missionaries to Belize. That's where I went uh, and spent some time with them and uh, had a great time of ministry there. And we're actually going back in January. You'll hear more about that in a little while. But good to see Kathy and her sister is with her this morning. Glad to see you here today as well. Before we get into the Word this morning, before we get into the reading of the Word, uh, I need to announce that we're going to be having a special business meeting uh, normally we just have an annual business meeting, but we have some things that I need to bring to your attention. And so we're going to be having a special business meeting for all official members of the church. It's going to take place on May the 12th on a Wednesday night. May the 12th on a Wednesday night. We're going to have an abbreviated service. Royal Rangers, Impact, and Youth will have their meetings, but it'll be abbreviated. So if you're one of those leaders, make sure that all of your... Uh, Helpers and uh, workers are aware to design your service for one hour. And if you design it for one hour, that means you've got to start on time. So start on time and uh, be done because the business meeting will begin at 8 o'clock. The business meeting will begin at 8 o'clock. Uh, how many understand that we're at a point right now uh, at New Bethel we need to do something to keep growing? Have you noticed lately? If you look around this morning, if you've looked around the last several weeks, in fact... Uh, the last uh, five out of six weeks, we've had 380 or more uh, in church the last five out of the last six weeks. And that one week of that six weeks was such a terrible attendance, there's only 355. So, uh, but we're at a point where we need to do something uh, to uh, continue uh, to grow and keep going uh, forward. And uh, how many know once you have momentum, you better go with it because it is incredibly hard to ever get it back. And so there's some things that we need to do. There's something that we need to do. Not 100% sure what that is at this, at this point. Uh, but uh, we have a couple of options that I want to bring to your attention at that business meeting and be sharing those options with you at this business meeting. If you're a member of New Bethel, it's, uh, uh, it is imperative that you're at the meeting. Uh, we told you when you went through membership 101, if you're not going to go to meetings, don't become a member. We also told you to tithe. Some of you aren't doing that, and you uh, went through Membership 101 and signed the covenant. So, anyway, that's another thing, all right? So, but you need to be here uh, to hear the options. There's one that I'm very, very excited about. I'm not going to share it with you right now because I can't give you all the details. I give you all the details. I don't have time for that and don't even have all the details, uh, you know, all lined up. So, uh, that's why it's going to be, and of course, we have to give two Sundays uh, announcement before we can have a business meeting. So mark your calendar for uh, May the 12th on a Wednesday night. Be here at 7 o'clock for whatever is going on at that uh, in your area and be faithful there and then remain at 8 o'clock. We'll have a business meeting and you will want to be here for the business meeting. All right? Amen. All right. Let's look this morning in the book of Genesis chapter number 19. 
The book of Genesis chapter number 19, I want to begin reading with verse number 17. It says, So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased uh, your mercy uh, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. I'm using for my uh, title of my message today the question, Why Zoar? Why Zoar? Father, I just pray today, Lord, that your anointing, Lord, will empower us today, enable us, Lord, to deliver the word of God that you have burned within our heart today. Father, I just pray that you'll give us ears to hear the word, and Lord, may we uh, put into practice, Lord, the word that we receive today. Lord, we're depending upon you today, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord, and you may be reseated this morning. Well, we understand that Lot was the nephew of Abraham. We understand that he had accompanied Abraham on his journey where God called him to, and but when the, the herds got so large that the land could not sustain them anymore, they, they had to split up. Abraham gave Lot first pick on the direction that he would take his family and take his livestock. Lot chose the better land, leaving the leftovers to his uncle. And that's kind of typical of Lot. His character and generosity were not real high on his list of priorities. Lot was always looking for a good deal. He was an opportunist. He was always slanting the deal in his direction. Well, we know the story. Eventually, Lot winds up in the city of Sodom. Sodom, we understand, along with its twin city, Gomorrah, these two cities were the most wicked cities ever to be. And they were so wicked that God gave up on them and God uh, decided they would never become righteous. And so God totally decides to destroy them, uh, raining down fire and brimstone upon them and annihilating them and totally wiping them out. And yet the Bible says that before God destroyed these cities, he first removed Lot and his family. The Bible says that God sent two angels to tell Lot about God's plan of judgment upon Sodom and gave Lot and his family time uh, to get out of the city. The Bible also says that Lot was so reluctant to leave. Sodom was so ingrained in him that the Bible said that the angels had to literally take hold of Lot and take hold of his family and literally drag them out of the city. And once the angels had Lot and his family outside of the city, the angels gave Lot specific instruction. And the instruction was, flee to the mountains. 
Don't look back, but keep looking forward and keep going until you reach the mountain. And once you reach the mountains and once you are safe, then, only then, will God pour out His wrath upon Sodom and Sodom will be no more. But Lot begins to try and bargain with God or with the angel. I don't want to go to the mountains, Lot Pouch. If I go to the mountains, I will surely die. I've gotten soft in my city living the past few years, and I won't survive out there in the wilderness. Just let me flee to Zoar. Just let me flee to Zoar. It's a little city, and it's not very far away. Just let me go to Zoar instead of the mountains. And the Bible says that the angels relented and allowed Lot to move to Zoar instead of the mountains. The title of my message today is, Why Zoar? Why Zoar? What was it about Zoar? Oh, that was intriguing Oh, to, to Lot. Why did Lot choose Zoar? Well, let me suggest three possibilities this morning. Let me suggest, first of all, he chose Zoar because it was a compromise. It was a compromise. You see, Lot's life was one giant compromise. His activity in Sodom could be summed up in one word, and the word would be compromise. Lot had so watered down his faith that when he told his sons-in-law that God was going to destroy the city and that they better get out, while the getting is good, the Bible said that they laughed at him. Look back in verse number 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. It seems that Lot had lost all credibility in spiritual things. He had lived such a life of compromise that, 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 that his own sons-in-law would laugh at the prospect of the fact that Lot would even be close enough to God to hear the voice of God. Frank S. Mead in his book, Who's Who in the Bible, says of Lot, he writes, The scripture calls him righteous. But he was only righteous in comparison with the men of Sodom, of which Mede writes, and that is not saying much. Why Zoar? Why did Lot want to go to Zoar? Because it was a compromise. Notice what Lot says in verse 20. See now, this city is near enough to flee to. Notice what he says next. And it is a little one. It's a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? Oh, it wasn't the city that Sodom was, but it wasn't the desolate mountains either. He couldn't find everything there was in Sodom there in Zoar, but he could find some of what was in Sodom he could find in Zoar. There might not be a lot of sin there, but no doubt there was a little sin there. How often does man seek a bargain with God? God wants to move us out of sin. God wants to move us totally out of Sodom. Ah, but we seek to say, stay just as close as we possibly can. And so we make a bargain with God. When God says, I want to take you totally out of it, but we say, God, can I just go over here? 
Notice three things about people who compromise. First of all, this morning, people who compromise aren't totally committed. People who compromise aren't totally committed. People who aren't totally committed drag their feet and must be constantly pulled along. And that was the case with Lot. The Bible said the angel had to literally take him by the hand and literally drag him out of Sodom. He went out of Sodom kicking and screaming all the way. People who compromise, number two, aren't totally convinced. They aren't totally convinced. Lot and his family was told by the angels, flee the city. And whatever you do, don't look back. Verse 26 says, but his wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. How many times has God called us out of or how many times has God called us away from something and yet we constantly look back, constantly look back, constantly look back with longing eyes. We can't see what is out ahead of us. We cannot see what's out in front of us because we spend all of our time looking back behind us. But listen, this morning, you can't get anywhere in life by constantly looking back over your shoulder, wondering if you did the right thing, wondering if you made a mistake, wondering if you should have stayed, wondering if you should have done something different. Listen to me this morning. I love where I've been. I do. I love where I've been. I feel like I've had some some wonderful successes where I've been. I, I can look back and I, I think I've had some, some awesome experiences and had some great success in my past. I built three churches. I've seen churches double and triple and one even quadruple in size in my past. I love where I've been. But friend, this morning, although I love where I have been, I also love where I'm going. Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells us, God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you uh, and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Friend, the same God that led me in my past will lead me into the future. Uh, Amen. I love where I've been, but I want to tell you, I love where I'm going to. Hear me this morning, New Bethel. Oh, the God that has led us to where we are is the very same God that will lead us into our future. He's the very same God that will lead us to where He wants us to be in the future. I believe we need to discover God's dream for our church. Oh, I believe we need to keep moving forward. We don't need to look back and reminisce over the past. Friend, if you think the past few years have been good, just wait until you see what God has for us in the future. I said, if you think the past few years have been good, can you imagine? Can you dream a big dream today? Can you see where God can take us in the future? I personally believe God had great things in store for Lot in the mountain. But Lot compromised and went to Zoar. Do you know that Zoar means little? Zoar literally means little. God's dream and God's plan for Lot was great. It was great. Friend, it was so great that it would take the vast mountains in order to contain it. Hey, Lot's uncle Abe fared pretty well in the mountains. But 
But Lot compromised. He wasn't totally convinced. And therefore he settled in Zoar. He settled for a little. God had incredible things in store for him. God wanted to lead him to some great and awesome and incredible things. Oh, but he settled for little. And here's why. Because Zoar was a sure deal. We like sure deals, don't we? Zoar was a sure deal. Lot knew what was in Zoar. It might just be a little, but it was a sure deal. Listen to me this morning. I don't want to dwell in Zoar. I've never lived in Zoar. I never planned to live in Zoar. I don't want to dwell in Zoar. I don't want to settle for little when God has promised us much. Hear me this morning, New Bethel. Let's not settle for a little when God has promised us much. I'm giving you three things about people who compromise. Number one, they aren't fully committed. Number two, they aren't totally convinced. And number three, they are conceited. People who compromise are conceited. You see, when we try and compromise with God, we are, sh- we are showing just how proud and just how arrogant that we really are. Because when we, when we uh, uh, compromise, we're actually saying, God, I, I know more about it than you do. God, I know that you want to take me to the mountain, but God, there would be a better plan if I went to Zoar. God, God, I think you might be making a mistake here. God, let me tell you about it. God, I fit better in Zoar. God, Zoar's better. What arrogance. When we compromise, we're saying, God, I know more than you do. Lot said, I, I can't go to the mountains. I'll die there. How many knew? How many understand? God knew what was awaiting on him in the mountains. God knew all about the mountains. He made the mountains and everything in them. And God was going to take care of him. I'll tell you something. If God leads you somewhere, he'll take care of you. Now, if you go there on your own, he still won't leave you nor forsake you, but he's promised to be with you. If you'll go, if you'll just follow him when he's leading and directing and guiding, amen, you can understand. Doesn't mean it won't be hard. Doesn't mean it won't be difficult. It won't be difficult. Doesn't mean there won't be tough times. But if God is leading and guiding and directing, we can know God knows what's out there waiting on us. And God's out there waiting on us when we get there too. And he's going to take care of us. He's going to protect us. And he's going to provide for us. When God called Moses to be Israel's deliverer, Moses said, but God, I can't speak plain. God, I stutter. Call somebody else. How many know God knew about the speech impediment of Moses when he called him? God asked this, that, or something else of us. And we say, but God, you know this, that, or something else? People who compromise with God are conceited. They think they know better than God. Hear me this morning. Hear me this morning. Satan will always offer us a compromise. You can always depend on the devil to offer compromise. The moment that God stops speaking to us, Satan starts. Just mark it down. As soon as God stops speaking, the next voice you'll hear is the voice of Satan. 
Every single time that God has spoken specifically to me and giving, given me explicit instruction, every single time, Satan has always been right there behind God. And as soon as God stopped talking, the devil started talking and offering a compromise. You say, Pastor, how can you tell when God is speaking or when the devil is speaking? It's very easy. Listen, friend, God always stretches us. If God's speaking, if God's leading, if God's guiding, if God's directing, it's going to cause you to stretch. God always stretches us. God always asks more of us than we can humanly do. If you can do it on your own, God ain't in it. If God's leading, if God's guiding, if God's directing, if God's speaking to you, friend, it will be more than you can humanly do. A God-sized dream will require the miraculous to pull it off. We don't get a miracle. It ain't going to work. Let me tell you something. When we moved in this building, we either got a miracle quickly or I was going to work. (laughs) Because we could pay me or we could pay the building. We couldn't pay both. (laughs) Yeah. That'll put you on your knees. Especially when you're lazy and got a bad back like I do. (laughs) Satan, on the other hand, he always appeals to our flesh. The devil, when he speaks, he uses common sense and common reasoning. Well, pastor, we can't do that. That don't make sense. The fact that it doesn't make sense lets me know God's probably in it. Doesn't make a lot of sense to take a slingshot and a few pebbles and go fight a ten foot giant. Amen. Amen. Jesus told Peter he could walk on the water. And when Peter listened to Jesus, what did he do? He walked on the water. But as soon as Jesus stopped talking, the devil started talking. I just imagine the devil said something like that. Peter. Where are you standing, boy? Peter, look down at your feet. What are you standing on? I'm standing on water. Peter, you can't stand on water. You're right, devil. If it's God, He will stretch us. If it's God, He will cause us to do things that only if if we get a miracle, only will it be able to happen. He'll ask us to do things that are far removed from what we think that we can do. But that's God, because He don't want us to do what we can do. He wants us to do what He can do. Amen? We're talking about why Zoar this morning. Why did Lot choose Zoar? Number one, he did. He chose it because it was a compromise. Number two, he chose Zoar because it was convenient. Verse number twenty, Lot says to the angel, "See now, this city is near enough to flee to. The mountains are way out there, but this city, this little city, this little town here, Zoar, it's near enough. It's convenient. It's not too far away." It's not far from where he already was. 
That's good. It wasn't far from where he already was. How many people and even churches are, are only willing to move forward if it's convenient? Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor's got something up his sleeve. Okay, Lord, okay, Lord, you can move us forward, but not very far forward, Lord. Right? God, we're willing to go forward, but not very far forward, Lord. Lord, don't take us very far from where we already are. What's that, Lord? You want to take us forward in worship? Okay, Lord, but not too far. What's that? God, you want me to increase my giving? Okay, Lord, but just a little. Can I go to Zoar in my giving? Some of you are Zoar givers. Zoar means little. You want to increase my giving? Oh, okay, Lord. Can I go to Zoar? Can I just go a little ways in my giving? What's that, Lord? What's that? New Bethel needs to take a step of faith to make room for the people that you're going to send to us. Okay, Lord, but not too big of a step. Can we take a Zoar step, Lord? Can we just take a little bitty step? Sure, I've enjoyed pastoring New Bethel the last seven years. It's been really good. <laughs> Lot chose Zoar because it was convenient. It wasn't too far away. He, he wouldn't have to move very far from where he already was. Things would change, but not as drastic as it would if he moved to the mountains. Zoar was convenient. Notice two things about convenience this morning. Number one, convenience requires little effort. It requires little effort. Americans are into convenience. We'll go to 7-Eleven, racetrack, QT to buy our milk and our bread and our eggs because it's, it's convenient. Okay, it's double price, but it's convenient. We can't pay our bills, but we'll still buy the milk there $2 more because it's convenient. Remember the old 7-Eleven commercials? I went to 7-Eleven. What'd you save? About five minutes. Remember that old commercial? We drive through McDonald's or the taco place on the way home from work. Why? Because it's so good. Because it's so healthy? Because we can afford it? No, because we're tired and it's convenient. I'm convinced that most of our kids today wouldn't even recognize dinner if it didn't come out of a white sack with a big yellow M on the front. 
I tell my son and my son-in-law all the time, not only do I have a, a beautiful wife like you guys do, but my wife can cook too. And I even remember when she did used to cook. Probably get a spiritual supper tonight, a burnt sacrifice. (laughs) We don't want to do anything for God unless it's convenient. Two things about convenience. Number one, it requires little effort. Number two, it reaps little rewards. Recaps. Boy, it's hard to get good helpers these days. Pastor Braden. <laughs> it reaps little rewards. Great is probably my writing, probably what it was. Great rewards don't come easy. Do you understand that? Great rewards don't come easy. Oh, I wish I could, I could hit a golf ball like Phil Mickelson. Notice I didn't use the other guy's name this time. No, you don't. You don't want to hit the ball like Phil Mickelson because that means every day you're going to have to go out and hit about 5,000 balls. You're going to have to hit the ball so many times that you have blood on your hands until you have to tape your hands up. Hey man, it doesn't come easy for him. He don't just waltz out there and play. No, he practices, he works, and he sweats. Hey man, great rewards don't come easy. Uh, preachers all the time talk about, I wish I had a big church like his. No, you don't. You think you've got stuff to do now. You think people pull on you now. You think you're busy now. Just imagine what it would be like, amen, if you had that big old giant church, the pressure and all that would go with it. Great rewards don't come easy. Too many people in churches settle for good when God offers great. I believe that Lot would have prospered in the mountains like his uncle Abraham if he would have obeyed God. But Lot chose Zoar, the convenient. He settled for good when he could have had great. While you're fixing it, underline requires and reach. There's the R's right there, okay? Keep my... Can you not get it right? Just, I'm just having fun, guys. Come on. Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing about the whole thing. Zoar didn't work out for Lot. Duh. God's way is always best. Zoar didn't work out for Lot. He eventually moved from Zoar where he wanted to be to the mountain where God wanted him to be. But he missed God's timing. You see, we don't just have to move in God's will. We also have to move in God's timing. If we're going to reap the benefits. The mountain didn't prove to be a blessing to Lot. Because he was at the right place at the wrong time. You see, we must not only move where God tells us, but when God tells us. 
Only if the where is combined with the when will we, will we receive God's blessing and favor. Why Zoar? Why did Lot choose Zoar? Well, it was a compromise. It was convenient. Number three, it was comfortable. It was comfortable. Verse 19, I can't go to the mountain because some evil might overtake me and I die. If Lot were to go to the mountains as the angels instructed him to, the mountains would require some things of him. Let me suggest three. Let's see how we do on these. If he were to go to the mountain as he was instructed to, the mountains would require some things. First of all, he would have to, number one, he would have to fight some battles. He would have to fight some battles. Oh, he no doubt would have to face some wild animals. He would have to fight the elements of the weather. He might have to fight the reluctance of his two daughters who had grown accustomed to the easy life of the city. If he were to go and take the mountain, if he were to go where God told him to, oh, he would have to fight some battles. And that's the same way it is with you and me today and us as a church. If we as individuals and we as a church, if we reach the dream that God has placed in our heart, if we allow God to take us to the very top of the mountain of where He wants to take us, there's going to be battles for us to fight. We're not going to get there without a fight. We're not going to get there without a battle. It's not going to be an easy thing. Not everybody is going to want to go with us to the mountain. Some are just too tired to climb. Just too tired to climb. Some just too afraid to climb. And some are just too cotton big and lazy. Yeah. Zoar is comfortable. Zoar has everything that we need. Why can't we just be content with Zoar? People will say. I've had people tell me that, Pastor, Pastor, you know, three years in a row we've given over a hundred thousand dollars to missions. That's pretty good. Can't we be, you know, can't we just be content with that? Why do you always have to talk about more? Well, I think that lost soul out there wishes we'd give a little bit more. Just one more, remember? Zoar's comfortable. Zoar has everything that we need. Why can't we just be content with Zoar? People will say, but Zoar is little. Zoar means little. Let me ask you this. What is a lot doing in a little? But I want to tell you, I know a lot of lots that are in little. I wouldn't try and say that again if I had to. Amen. They have such potential and such opportunity is there for them. But oh, it's not comfortable. And I have to, you know, I have to put out a little effort. And so we have lots living in little. The mountain would require some things of Lot, fight some battles. Number two, he'd have to forego some luxuries. 
forego some luxuries. Zoar might have some things that the mountain wouldn't have initially. But the future was much brighter in the mountains. Zoar was little. Zoar had its limits. Lot could survive in Zoar, but he could prosper in the mountains. Do you, are you just content to survive? Are you content to just get by? New Bethel, are we just content with getting by and doing well? And man, you know, we can have some full-time staff now. We can have a beautiful building. We can have a couple of services. We can have some property. We, oh, why can't we be satisfied here and with what we've got? But oh, friend, I want to tell you, I can see the potential. Amen. I can see the opportunity. Amen. That is out there. Amen. This isn't the place to stop. This isn't the place to be comfortable. Amen. This isn't the place to say, oh, we've got all that we need. No, no, no. I believe we're at a place when we need to men springboard this thing from good to great. You'd have to forego some luxuries in the beginning. But that would only be temporary. His initial sacrifice would be incredibly rewarded in the years to come as his flocks and his herds began to grow and he began to build his wealth. In my ministry, I have never looked at what was there, but I've always looked at what could be. And this morning, if you see this as arrogance, I'm sorry. I am not saying anything. I never refer to me and what I've done as arrogance. I'm just relating you truth. But the truth of the matter is, I've never looked at what was there, but what could be. When I went to Dumas, Texas, I didn't see an old, outdated church half empty. I saw a brand new church on 10 acres of ground on Main Street. And two years to the day, we moved in to that beautiful new church on Main Street. When I went to Midland, Texas, there was nothing, nothing. There was no people, there was no building, there was no money, there was nothing. But by faith, I could see a building. By faith, I could see a building on the highway between Midland and Odessa. By faith, I could see a beautiful piece of property. Well, beautiful in West Texas. I (laughs) I could see a large piece of property with a great, nice building on it. Uh, Amen. And ten years later, I left behind an 18,000 square foot, brand new, beautiful building paid for on the highway between Midland and Odessa. 250 people praising the Lord in it every Sunday morning. And when I came to Bethel, I didn't see what was. But what could be. My wife and I both said to each other, in two years, this thing could totally be turned around. And I want to tell you something this morning today. I don't see what is. Oh, even though what is is pretty exciting. What is is pretty awesome. What is is pretty incredible. Amen. But this morning, I don't look out here today and see what is. Oh, but I see what is. I don't see what is, but I see what will be. I see what could be. We haven't seen anything yet compared to what God has planned for us. My wife and I have been praying for 10 years. God, our latter years are going to be better. Ask God to let our latter years be greater than our former years. Oh, I'm going to tell you what. God has some awesome and incredible, unbelievable things in store for New Bethel. Amen. I don't want to dwell in Zoar. I don't want to go to Zoar. I don't want to go to Little. Amen. I don't want to just settle for what's convenient and easy. Amen. I want to lift up my eyes with faith. Amen. I want to believe God to do the incredible. There's no... Uh, 
There's no reason why we can't double, triple, quadruple what we're at right now for the glory of God. Can you see it? Can you? But it won't happen at Zoar. The mountain would require some things of Lot. He'd have to fight some battles. He'd have to forego some luxuries. And he'd have to, number three, forget Sodom. You see, the angels got Lot out of Sodom, but they couldn't hardly get Sodom out of Lot. If he could just go to Zoar, he said. Zoar, it's close. It's close. It's not very far away. It's just a little place. Some of Sodom would be found in Zoar. If Lot went all the way to the mountain, he would have to totally say goodbye to Sodom. And I don't, can't prove this, but it's my sermon. Leave it alone. I'm kidding. Just maybe, just maybe. I use the word maybe. Just maybe. He was in the back of Lot's mind. Perhaps God will relent. And God won't go through with destroying Sodom. And if I go to Zoar, if I go to Zoar, ah, if I go to Zoar and God changes his mind and God doesn't, doesn't destroy Sodom, I can go back. The reason why some people and even some churches don't reach their destiny and reach their dream and fulfill God's perfect will for them is they stay too close to their past. They stay too close to their past. They think like they used to think when they were struggling, when they were trying to survive. But only when we totally put the past behind us can we t- truly embrace the future. Worship team, get back in place. It'll help me quit. No doubt Lot was sorry he ever went to Zoar. Amen? I said, no doubt Lot was sorry he ever went to Zoar. He eventually moved out of Zoar, went to the mountains where he was supposed to go in the first place, but it was too late. His blessing was not only tied to the where, but also to the when. Let me admonish us today, both as individuals and as a church body, not to settle for Zoar. Zoar means little. Don't settle for a little dream. Don't settle for a little vision. Don't settle for a little mentality. Church growth experts, and I'm not one, but I read about it. I read them. 
tell us that people see the church the size of what it was when they got there. If Bethel had 75 people when you got to Bethel, that's the way you see it. If it had 125 in it when you got, that's the way you see it. If it had two services and 350 plus on Sunday morning like we have now, and you've come recently, that's what you see. That's the way you see it. That's the way you perceive it, and really that's the way you like it, the way you want it deep down. Because that's what's comfortable. That's what you're used to. That's the way you see it. We cannot see things as they are. We must see them as they can be. Don't settle for a little mentality. Let's dream big dreams for God. Let's discover God's dream for us as an individual and as a church body. Let's discover the will of God and the dream that God has. Listen, friend. Listen, friend. God has His hand on this church. If God hadn't had His hand on this church, this church would not be here today. Let alone thriving as it is, but it wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for the miracle work and power of God. And I don't think we've come close to seeing why God saved this church. I'm not discounting what God has done for us. It's awesome. It's incredible. If you hadn't been, you don't even know what I'm talking about. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. And guys that saw the figures on the board, they know it's God. It's a miracle. God's not done yet. He ain't done with me. He ain't done with you. He ain't done with nobody. Once we discover his dream, let's not settle for anything less. Because I promise you, God will give you the dream and it will be exciting for a moment. Oh, it's wonderful. It's awesome. It's incredible. How many times in all the years my wife told me to stop saying how long I've been in ministry. It makes me sound too old, so I won't tell you how many years it's been. I can't tell you how many times in my ministry in the past when I knew God was leading, I knew God was directing, and oh, I was excited about it, and I presented it to the church, and the church bought it, and oh, it was awesome, and it was incredible. And the next morning, it didn't sound nearly as exciting. Because that's when the work starts. The adrenaline anointing, all of those things are gone. And it's Monday morning. <laughs> A mountain will sound exciting initially. Oh, awesome. Incredible. Unbelievable. And we're excited about it. But the devil will come right alongside. He'll say, why don't you just see if you can go to Zoar? It's a whole lot closer. It's a whole lot easier to get there. Or it's a whole lot easier on you. It'd be a whole lot easier. Why don't you just settle? It's a nice little place. It's a nice little place. But it's not the mountain that God called me to. Amen? Hallelujah. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. 
God, we just pray, Lord, that you'll speak into the heart of our people today. I believe this is a message for all of us as individuals, but I believe it's also a message for New Bethel as a church. Would you stand with me this morning, please? Some of you here today, you've been living life looking in the rearview mirror.